hit on this last Mother's Day as well. But you are, you are to be armed with God's word. And it's your faith that makes you dangerous. You are armed with God's word and it's your faith that makes you dangerous. Just turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 14. The Shunanite woman. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, call her. See, the Shunammite woman was one who made an upper chamber that was on the outside of her house, like an apartment, for the man of God whenever he, he passed by. And when he turned to Gehazi, his, his servant, he goes, what should we do for this woman? And he says, she doesn't have a son. And so when he called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord. Man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. So she wasn't denying the fact that she wanted the, didn't want the son. But she was saying, don't mess with me. This is the very deepest thing dear to my heart. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her, and the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father in, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. And she went up. Now, I really want you to see what she did. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. And she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And he said, Why are you going? To him today. So she didn't even tell him our son died. She didn't say a word. It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. I want you to mark those words. Even when her own child, her only child that was promised to her, had passed. And she said, it is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went uh, to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman. Please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? 
And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord was, has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Get yourself ready and take my staff on your hand, in your hand, and be on your way. And if you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. She never said the child is dead. She just said, it is well. And not to mess with me with the promise of, of a son. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. So she wasn't even going to go to go back. She was saying, you're coming with. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. It is well. Women of God, it is well. What are you believing for? What child are you believing for? What husband are you believing for? It is well. You have been given faith. You have been given a measure of faith. And you only need a little bit to speak to that mountain. As long as you don't doubt in your heart, you can speak to that mountain and command it to be removed. And it will remove. It is well. Stand strong. And you will see the salvation of the Lord this day. If you do not lose heart. And if you stay in faith and you continue to say, it is well. It is well. I want you to hear about Charles 
Spurgeon, what he talked about his mom. In an earlier chapter, it says Spurgeon tells how every Sunday evening, his mother would stay home with the children, read and explain the scriptures to them, and plead with them to think about the state of their soul and to seek the Lord. He remembers one time her praying, Now, Lord, if my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. He says, That thought of a mother's bearing a swift witness against me pierced my conscience and stirred my heart. Spurgeon also says, never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly, I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessings which the Lord bestowed on me in making me the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. How can I ever forget her tearful eye? When she warned me to escape from the wrath to come. How can I ever forget when she bowed her knee. And with her arms about my neck prayed. Oh that my son might live before thee. Those of you that are still raising your children. You still have time to speak to them with such fervency and adder in your heart. That you would see them serve the living God and that it would pierce their hearts to truly, truly want to serve God because of the passion of your heart for the Lord and for the passion of your heart for them to live in righteousness and holiness. It is not with this heavy handedness, but it's with a complete love of God for your children and understanding that you only have them for a season and for a moment and then you've got to release them. But they would make wise choices to live for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Those of you where your children have grown up and moved on. And yes, we all parents have to look at ourselves and realize we make mistakes. But be humble enough to tell them, I'm sorry, I did not lead you fully the way that I should have in this way or that way. but yet you can still be fervent on your face crying out for their souls. For them to turn to the living God and serve Him. And to really come to know Heavenly Father. Let them know so much about the goodness of God, the love of God, the power of God, His presence, that when they do leave the house, that they know the choices that they're making, whether they be righteous or whether they be unrighteous. They will know. Because then you will have done your job as the mother 
you have done your job. But do not grow faint. If there is some areas where you're believing for your children, it's not too late. Stand on the word of God because you do have this dangerous faith. That's been given to you to believe God. There's how many times you ever heard it? There's there's nothing like a praying mother or a praying grandmother. I want you to hear this about John Wesley. He said, I learned more about Christianity from my mother than from all the theologians in England. John Wesley. Susan Wesley was a woman her husband called the best of mothers, hopeful that her children would come to know the love, uh, know and love the Christ she loved. Susanna reserved a specific day and time each week to sit and discuss matters of God and things on their hearts. The time spent together was cherished by all, such that many continued the discussions with their mother well into their adulthood through letter writing. Once asking his mother for a definition of sin, John Wesley received a response fit for the theologian books he was writing. Take this rule. She wrote to John, whatever weakens your reason, impairs your tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes off your relish of spiritual things, that thing is sin to you. However innocent it may be in itself. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. I want to arm you with some word. Moms, I want to arm you with word of God. It says grace and peace. Let me go here. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 4, and then we'll read verse 13 as well. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Yes, verse 13, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. I want to stir you up by reminding you. That you have been given to, you've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises have been put within you. You take the scriptures of God's word, you pour over it, you put it within your heart, and then you teach it to your children, and He will give you the anointing to teach them. And to raise them. And to speak into their corazón. Their heart. That they would speak. That you would speak life. 
And when the Spirit of God would move upon you, you would even prophesy to them what they shall be and who they will be in Christ Jesus. And there will be an authority that is upon you and upon your lips as you speak. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to teach your children. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to raise them. The Holy Spirit is there for you to even be able to be that mother even after they've left. I'm not talking the mothering that it changes. You're still their mom, but it just changes. And he'll give you the ability to do so. Also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So all scripture is given by the divine inspiration of God. In other words, the scripture is alive. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What I'm going to say, the woman of God, because it doesn't leave the woman out. That the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You have these truths so that you may bring. Instruction, correction. Rebuke if you got to. But you have the word of God. And you are equipped for every good work in raising your children. In speaking life to them. And I pray this is stirring you up. So, well, I don't know enough. Maybe some of you are newer to the things of God or, or things like this. I don't know enough or I'm, I'm, I want to know more. His grace is there to help you. That you may teach them and raise them in righteousness and holiness. Because you may be raising the next Smith Wigglesworth. John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, the man or the woman of God, Catherine Coleman, Amy Simple McPherson, Joyce Meyer, begin to see your children as God sees them. Ask the Lord to show you who they are. Hallelujah. Here, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. You're armed and dangerous. Hallelujah. 
How many mothers are being blessed in this place right now and being stirred within your spirit right now? Good, because that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> He's like, I am. The fathers too. And it's true, you can. I've been here praying and asked the Lord about my children. And he gave me a, he gave me a word of the Lord and I texted it all to them. To each of my boys. I might have to go back and retext it to you guys to remind you, because it was about a year ago, too. But he will show you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. And is a discerner in the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The word of God is sharp. You can trust God's word to do the work in your children's hearts. As a matter of fact, the heart is designed for the word of God to land upon it. And begin to work within it. It's the heart is designed. And the word will go to the heart. It will go where it's sent forth. When you speak it and when you decree it in faith and in trust. Now the word of God even in itself has its own inherent power. But when it's spoken by the woman of God, the man of God. That when they speak it in faith and believe his word. Ooh, there's an agreement that takes place. With the word of God, with the spirit of God, with heavenly father in yourself. And you speak it. And it will come to pass in your children's life. And maybe they'll get out of sorts. And maybe they're, they're, they're coming into age and they think their way is a little better. You just keep speaking truth. No, sorry, son. Nope, sorry, daughter. This is what the word says, and this is who you really are. And this is what I'm speaking over you. And then you turn around and you begin to worship God and start thanking him. Father, I thank you. You said to train up a child in a way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And Father, I thank you. I've raised my children in the word. I've raised them in the truth to really know them, and they will not depart from it. Oh, but they, they will always come back. They will always come and surrender everything. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. I stand in the gap for my, my child right now, even though they don't got it, even though they aren't figuring it out right now. I thank you that you open their eyes, the understanding of their hearts, and they're being enlightened right now. I see them as the man of God, the woman of God that they are. I decree it, and I speak it in Jesus' mighty name. And you just start releasing it. Now, the woman of God, you're going to sound a little different than me. Hopefully your voice will be higher. And you'd begin to praise God. And you begin to magnify God in it. And you just worship him. And every once in a while you say, Satan, take your hands off my kids. Get out of here. Right. 
So the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division in the soul of the spirit. Listen, if you don't know what to do and you're just like, man, what do I do? Teach them the word. Just speak the word. The word only. And the word will work. And then you just come before the Lord and you just pray and you keep just listening and he'll give you wisdom and he'll give you the right word to speak to them. He'll give you the right thing to do for them. As a mother and grandmother, it is your right and privilege to pour the word of God into your children. Grandparents, when you get them little grandbabies, you just speak the word into them. And don't worry about what don't worry about your mom, your mama, to your, your daughter or your son. No matter where they're at, you get them grandbabies, you pour into them. I'm grandma. And you speak truth. You teach them them Bible stories. Amen? And not just stories, but the history of what really took place. This is something I wrote, and I, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I just like, you know what? No, it's so good. It's so the Holy Spirit. I wrote this a couple Mother's Days ago, but um, I believe this will bless you, and this will strengthen you. This is a charge to moms right now and grandmas. I pray you see the influence you have upon your children. Let it not be out of desperation of fear, but of strong real faith that is fashioned in the flames of a fervent heart toward God and tempered in a persistent appetite of His Word. This is how you will lead them, with a heart full of love, not just your own motherly love, but the agape love of God. A spirit of wisdom and understanding dwelling in you to guide them on the path of righteousness. When all has been said and done, and they have a family of their own, your influence is still yet needed. For generations, you will impact with the very life of Christ that burns in you. So many women of God so mighty women of God, excuse me. Let not the task of raising children become daunting or a strain. For you have an anointing from the Holy One and a mighty strength in Christ Jesus. I, I know how it feels when you got a bunch of littles and you're running around chasing them all over the place. You feel like this sometimes feels daunting and a little straining. But you have an anointing. You have a strength in Christ Jesus. When you feel like you're going to burst into tears and go to your room and You say, thank you, Father, that you're strengthening me right now. Not in my own ability, not in my own strength, but in Christ's strength. That I'm able to continue to represent Christ Jesus. That I am not. I refuse to let myself give myself over to the works of the flesh. And become angry in a way that is not godly. Now there is a righteous anger. And, there's, and, and the kids need to see mama 
have a righteous anger because it puts the fear of God in them. But in your angry anger, do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You will still lovingly guide them and teach them. So mighty women of God, let not the task of raising children become daunting or strain. For you have an anointing from the Holy One. And a mighty strength in Christ. You have a mighty strength in Christ Jesus. He gave you everything that you need. He gave you his word. He's, some of you prophecies, you've received prophecies by other anointed men or women of God. You are well able and well equipped to do what God has called you to do and raise your children in righteousness. And in holiness. You have it. You can do it. Amen. If you make a mistake, don't just. You repent. You say you're sorry. And you move forward and you stay in that position. You walk in that authority that Christ has given you. that's what's going to cause the men and women that you, God has entrusted you with the, the, the boys and the girls to become men and women of God amen turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31 remember you're armed and dangerous You'll wreak havoc in the kingdom of Satan. Because you're raising mighty men and women of God. Amen. The words of King Lemuel. The utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son? And what son of my womb? And what son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. Least they drink and forget the law. And pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing. And wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty. And remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless. In the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. And plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. 
Mothers, your worth is far above rubies. You are more valuable than you know. You are more valuable than you know. I'm going to say that again. Listen up, moms. You are more valuable than you know. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flask and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also raises with it is yet night, rises when it is yet while it is yet night, and provides food for her household. And a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and she buys it. For her profits she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the, the distaff. And her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestries for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in them to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the breath of idleness, bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. My daughters have done well. But you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Your worth is far above rubies. You are valuable, each of you. Each of you. Take the word of God. Meditate on this passage of scripture. As you live this out, you can do it, not in your own strength, not in your own might, not in your own ability, but by the spirit of God in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we rise up and call them blessed. They're blessed.